Hello, and welcome to the Average Gamers Podcast, episode one in the beginning. I'm Rob, and I'm joined today by Caleb. Hey. And Pez. Good evening. Uh, today is all about introductions and about how we got into gaming as a hobby. We'd love to hear how you got into gaming too, but uh, we're also going to touch on what games we're currently playing and why we like them. Maybe there's some gems in there for you. Finally, we're going to be talking about Final Fantasy 16 because that's been released and uh, it's blowing up the internet. And hopefully we'll maybe talk about some Game of the Year predictions as well. So uh, yeah, let's get started. I feel like this is like a double A meeting. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyways, like, yeah, this is how I. How you got addicted to games? Yeah, exactly. Um, I'll start with how it with the platform that started it all for me was arcade machines. Uh, do, do any of you go far that far back? Um, I mean, probably. I think uh, there was a fish and chip shop near my. I mean, my hometown was small, like fourteen thousand people, and there was a fish and chip shop that had an arcade machine. That was like one of those ones built into a table. I oh, probably geez. played that around the same time I started gaming, but uh Okay, so it wasn't the start for you. No. So I'm obviously a bit older than you guys, but I uh I grew up in South Africa and we were like behind on consoles. In fact, I never saw an a Nintendo until Game Boy Pocket. So I don't know what it was like wow. for you guys, but my story starts in arcades. And I lived nowhere near anywhere, any like video game stores. There was none of that. My parents wanted me to play outside. Did, did any of you relate to that? It was also <laughs> yes. a conservative family. So yeah, that's uh yeah, the story of my life. Yeah, yeah, story look, of all of our lives. Um, I think where I grew up in South Africa as well. I had there were some arcades there, so me and my dad would go and play there, and then go to the restaurant or whatever. So your dad was actually in on it. Yeah, like we'd play whatever. Um, obviously, because you know you're like six, what do seven you mean? years old. What What do you mean, whatever? What game was it? Well, mate, you think I can remember? How, okay, so you're six or seven. Yes, fair, but fair so enough. it's not probably what I truly remember. What I truly remember was the Sega Mega System when I got that. Oh, Sega Mega Drive. Yeah, we'll get to that. Um, the way I so I was nowhere near any video game arcades. The way I did it is um so every saturday we would go and visit my grandmother and she lived in town so what i did was i would hide spare clothes and a toothbrush underneath my shirt and hope that my parents didn't find out and i would take it to to grandma's house and then right at the end because i felt like if i put my parents under pressure they were more likely to say yes i don't know why i thought that would work <laughs> but like that's what i thought that's so, amazing so like right when we're about to leave i'd be like can i sleep over at grandma's house and then mom would start being like oh geez or, or it would be like oh can can my brother and i because my brother was in on it as well and um <laughs> and my mom would be like oh geez we don't have like don't you don't have your toothbrush you don't have like spare change of clothes and that's when i pulled up my, my trap card i'd be like that's but look, where you're wrong kiddo. that's where you're wrong kiddo um and i think i had like a th i think i had about a 25 percent success rate with that because that's you know they good. caught on that i was doing that and then the deal with my grandmother is my brother and i would set up breakfast for her and we would like put flowers on the table we'd set out all the cutlery probably made a lot of work 
in, well, we washed up everything as well. Um, and we made her tea. And then in the hopes that she might take us to the shopping center where the arcade was by the cinema. So that had a 25% um, success rate as well. But when I got there, I saw the best thing in my life. And that was Mortal Kombat 2 on arcade where the big, big kids played. Like I, I wasn't allowed to play it. We, we weren't um, like my grandmother wouldn't buy tokens or anything like that. It was way too violent for the age I was. So like, but it was amazing. And so like to this day, I still have like a soft spot in my heart for Mortal Kombat. Like I'll buy one, even though I don't play them very often. I like to have one in my collection purely be- for like the spectacle of it. And it's sort of like the beginning for me. Nostalgia. Yeah, the nostalgia of it. Yeah. Reptile was my favorite. Just spitting acid on people's faces. It was so yeah. good. Yeah. I never played I I maybe uh I think three was the first one I ever played. And we were at a kids' club in it wasn't the first game I ever played, but we were at a kids' club in Adelaide, South Australia. Was it a church? And no, it wasn't a church. <laughs> it was at a um, at a hotel. Uh, oh, they yeah. had like this random kids' room and um there were some older kids playing it and I was like, whoa, that's a really cool fighting game because I'd played Street Fighter before. Um, and just the seeing them do fatalities, I was like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not playing this game. The fatalities when you were that young was like being introduced to crack. I'm making gaming sound bad, but like it yeah. really was. Like I don't know how I spent that much time in an arcade um, not playing games, just watching other people playing games. Yeah, yeah, it's like Crazy. free entertainment, basically. Yeah, and then but you've yeah, go on. Oh, you've seemingly always enjoyed watching people play games. Yeah, I like to, I like to watch from the sidelines. Yeah. Oh yeah. Or from the cupboard. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Um, but then the the game that I would eventually be allowed to play in the arcade where the the fighter jet simulators because my dad like fighter jets and like army like that kind of stuff and i wanted to be an aeronautical engineer as well the oh well i mean i was i was a kid yeah <laughs> i i just like the look of the mig 29s and like that kind of stuff so i wanted to play those i never did well in those games but it it did mean that later on i would get really into the ace combat series because I wasn't good at The Sims on computers. They were too real for me. Yeah, old school um, flying Sims were ridiculous. Yeah, partially because an, a MiG-17 was just a, a cylinder with some triangles attached to it. You're like, oh, look, that looks exactly like a MiG-17. And we actually thought that at the time, too. Yeah, it's crazy how much the... Um the perspective. I was talking to someone about this the other day. The perspective of what graphics looked like back then and what we thought were amazing graphics. Like, I remember playing GTA San Andreas for the first time on my CRT and just being like, "This is like one of the best looking games I've ever played." And that, now I go back and look at that and I'm like, "Man, this yeah, pixel trash." That runs on mobile. Yeah, pixel trash. Yeah. <laughs> um, so if for you guys, it wasn't arcade machines, but I would much later get into um <laughs> I would get into my friends' houses. That's where I would get into. So I would play um a lot of shareware games 
like and Wolfenstein 3D games like Hexen never I never got to play the cool ones like Doom or Duke Nukem 3D cuz most of my friends also came from conservative families. I don't know how we got away with Hexen and Wolfenstein but hey, it is what it is. But what about you I guys? Remember, I remember seeing a um uh I think it was Hexen um uh, image on the front of a uh, like one of those um game magazines way back in the day. It might have even been in a Disney Adventures magazine. Disney Adventures. Yeah. Did you ever... Oh, maybe that was before your time in Australia. I don't know if they had them in South Africa or not, but... We never... My parents never took me to a news agent. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was like a a little... um, Or they did... They sold them in Woolworths here. Okay, they, they did take me to news agents, but I didn't know to look for it. Yeah. It was just a like a little um, comic book type thing with activities, and you could write in stories, and they would publish like one or two kids' stories every month. And occasionally, they came with like free game stuff on the front. Uh, like I remember um, getting a, I think it was an Age of Empires or a Motocross Madness disc on the front of one. I had Motocross Madness. Yes, Motocross Madness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had it. Uh, it came packaged as it came packaged with my family's uh, Celeron compact computer yeah. nice. <laughs> along with uh okay let's see let's see if any of you got celerons as well uh recoil did any of you play that oh, one was that a um like a spaceship kind of it was a it was a tank you you piloted uh, okay. the bft the the battle force tank and it was um but it it, it was a hover tank or sometimes yeah, it right. hovered it's amphibious yeah, no that's a negative for me no nah. nah. I, so my cousin had Motocross Madness and Monster Truck Madness with his Windows 98 computer that I'm pretty sure was also a seller on. Um, and I remember going over to his house to play those because at home we only had Windows 95. Yeah. So all through South Africa, I my family only had a 286. So I played California games and um, that ran from DOS. And I, I played Rogue on a laptop once. But I, I was yeah, too- I don't even know what that is. You don't know what rogue is, so you know that no. you know that there's games that are like rogue lights and rogue likes. Those are yeah. all based off the original rogue. So it was an oh, as wow. it was an ASCII game that uh, <laughs> dude, this laptop was so old that you you put in a floppy disk to load command prompt, and then you took the floppy oh. disk out and put in the floppy disk for whatever program. So it, it you had to load the OS into RAM from a floppy disk. And then take it out of, uh, take take the floppy disk out. Put another floppy disk in to to load whatever program you wanted to load. So that's how that I played Rogue. Like, that sounds a lot like my uh, first my introduction to gaming. It was a <laughs> Commodore sixty four. Was that like that? Yeah, it was uh, something that we had plugged into our TV, um, and it had a keyboard with a little disk thing in the side of it, and an attachment for other um add-ons i guess and one of the add-ons was a five and a quarter inch floppy disk drive and so you'd stick the floppy disk drive in tell it to run a command oh like you type in a command to run a game then you take the floppy disk out put the next floppy disk in and then it would start the game Jeez, yeah so this laptop worked off the same principle and so rogue was a an ascii game where you had it used ascii you you were basically a, a zero um, and you had to travel through these dungeons and 
different enemies were different letters. For example, a B was a bat. And you could fight them and you, you got gear. But if you died, you had to start the game all over again. And there, the dungeons were procedurally generated and they were, um, yeah, they were procedurally generated. So you had to finish it in one go. And that's where the idea of rogue-like games comes from, where you have a run with your character. Once um, you fail your run, that's it. You you um, you lose the character and you start the game again. But most games nowadays they do it in a a rogue light, as in like they give you some save points, or they right. let you keep a buff or something. From your last run. Hmm. Yeah. That's where, where well, the term comes from. Today. <laughs> yeah. So my family eventually got an 8-bit. And then I got into... I finally was able to play Mario. But it wasn't on Nintendo. It was on an 8-bit console called the Bitmin. Because I never... Like, we didn't have uh, NES in South yeah. Africa. Or I didn't, anyway. And... That's when I got really into Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2 by Konami. I didn't I never finished oh, yeah. Mario. I never finished I may have finished Space Invaders or Galaga and Pac-Man, but like those those are like those are those games that you get in like 50 in 1 cartridges. But I finished Ninja Turtles and that was really hard, but that game stuck with me for a long time. Yeah, I I remember going to a friend's house and I can't remember how well I knew the friend, but I feel like I only went there once or twice in um, Port Lincoln and he had uh, the the NES Ninja Turtles, like the original Ninja Turtles game. And I just remember it being so hard. That I was like, uh, I have no idea how to play this. So I was like, can we play Mario? Games are hard back then. They Even Mario. Even Mario. It, Ninja Turtles was harder, but... Even Mario was, like, it's just the fact that all of those games back then were designed off the arcade system of being, they don't want you to finish them. Yeah. Like, you get three continues, if that, and if you don't do it by then, it's game over and you start the whole game again. There's there's no save file or anything like that. But, uh, Pez, you were saying you, you really started out on the Sega Mega Drive, right? What games are you playing there? Correct. So the biggest one, like I loved watching Power Rangers on TV and that was one of the first games I got on the Mega Drive. Dude, I got banned from watching Power Rangers by my mom oh, no. <laughs> because I, tie, yeah. I tied my brother to a fence with string. Oh, dear. What the heck? It's because we just finished watching Power Rangers and then it was totally unrelated, but I thought it would be really cool if he was like tied to the gate and then we could like swing the gate and he would be on the gate. It's like free transportation. But Okay, that's pretty wild. Yeah, <laughs> it it didn't work out, um, and we got banned from. We both got punished, even though I was the one transgressing against my brother. Like Your he did nothing. Yeah, yeah, he was doing nothing wrong. He just well, okay, he was doing something wrong. He he listened to me. That was his problem. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> um, but yeah. Anyways, uh, how was um, Power Rangers? I never played that one. I played look, two games on Mega Drive. It was, for me, like, it was such a big thing. 
you've got all the different color power ranges and then you can summon your ultimate which is the you know the big battle suit yeah and you fight all the bosses and stuff just like in the tv show and the movies so that was super fun but then i also had uh sonic the hedgehog and spider-man which were my favorite games as well okay yeah i played sonic um, Sonic and Tails. I'm not sure which version of Sonic the Hedgehog that was. I think it was two. Um, and that's pretty much all I played, other than this game called Rystar, where you were the star with elastic arms, and that one was much harder than Sonic. That wow. just seems weird. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's not Why? that weird. One Piece has elastic arms. That wasn't weird, was it? <laughs> well, I haven't seen it. So that's okay. the best anime ever. <laughs> yeah. um, I do have to say as well. Um, on the Duke Nukem side of things, my one friend had it on his computer. And Duke I'd go Nukem to... 3D? This was like Windows 98 type stuff. Okay, so it's Duke Nukem 3D. Just need just need to clarify because they were side-scroller. Like Duke Nukem 1 and 2 are side-scrollers. Yeah, so this one was like the Doom. Yeah. Yeah, okay. And we'd go to his place and we'd find the secret areas where, you know, you could pay money for, yes. for the girls to play. <laughs> and would have oh, to do it man. when his parents weren't looking. <laughs> <laughs> it was so good. It was great. Yeah, games were built different back then. It, one of the reasons why Duke Nukem Forever is was said to be a failure, like a lot of people blamed it on Duke Nukem not being relevant. And, like, being a really big misogynist and, and that kind of thing. But I don't know, man. He paid them. They weren't doing anything they didn't want to. Exactly. Like, they wanted to make money, so everything's good. Yeah, like, he had the money. They wanted the money. And uh, Duke wanted to see things, and they wanted to to show him things. Seems, seems normal. Yeah. Yep. It for tat, as they say. <laughs> You scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. Exactly. Yeah. So, uh, recoil that game recoil that I was talking about on PC, it had a secret beach that you could go to. So the first level was a beach. It is a tank game. It's like a futuristic tank game. So you wouldn't really think that something like this would be there, but you go through this this special tunnel, and uh, if you if there was a you you come out of the tunnel and then there was this beach and on the beach there was this billboard saying nude beach. Oh, and if no. if you blew up the, the billboard, there was a naked lady there. Wow. Yeah. Wait, and what was the rating of this game? Uh I think it was MA. MA fifteen plus. Wait. Okay. So, oh, wow. Let me let me check it. It's actually like pretty crazy for a um, Windows ninety eight game. I think a lot of games had references and stuff like that, but I think we also don't remember them because you kind of glaze. Think about it this way: How many times growing up did you watch a movie you thought it was awesome, you recommended to your parents, and you watch it with them, and you totally forgot about the huge sex scene right in the middle? Yes, and then you're uh, like. I- and then you're sitting awkwardly at home with your parents watching this thing and be like, oh, I mean, forgot about that you part. You had conservative parents too, right? Like my, uh, yeah. For me, it wasn't even sex scenes. It was just, oh, no, they made three crude jokes in a row. This was a mistake. <laughs> oh, no. Um, but speaking of uh, hidden scenes, 
Did any of you play Dead or Alive where you could reach the hidden sections? I played Dead or I rented it. I rented it um, because renting worked, but gaming, but buying the game would not have worked. But um, I rented it, but I never got into any of the secrets. I, I, I'm. I'll be honest. I'm kind of like easy to please, and that game pleased me a lot. Hundred <laughs> <100%. laughs> percent. Yeah, but I just remember you could like do some special combination of keys on the PlayStation One. And you could get into the secret beach section and all that stuff. Yeah, because that, that game series went into um, beach volleyball. I never played any of those. But I do have Dead or Alive uh, 5 and 6. As in you still own them? Yeah, I, the yeah, I own them. The, uh, 6 is the most recent one. It's not very oh, okay. well received because it's got a lot of DLC and whatnot. But uh, most people like 5 the most. What do you think about DLC in games? Um, I used to think it was the worst thing ever, and now I know that uh, corporations have taught me that there is much worse. <laughs> so sometimes it's good, sometimes it's bad. Yeah. Like, uh, for me, if you buy a full game and you play the campaign, you enjoy it, you get your value, that's great. And then there's an add on, and like Warhammer is key to this. They. S- you finish the game, okay, there's a new faction out, now you can play the game with that faction. And it's like, you know, 15 bucks, whatever. To me, that's fine, because they still need to, they're working on the game, they need to make money, etc., etc. That's my point of view. I'm fine with it as long as the, the initial game is complete. So, for example, Elden Ring was a complete game. Them releasing the PvP uh, Colosseum update, and now they're releasing another... Um, they're going to release a, a paid DLC as well. That to me is fine. What I don't like are DLCs that are required in order for you to understand what's going on in the game. Like, understand uh, the story. What do you think is a fair price for something like Elden Ring? For a, um, depending on how much the DLC is. Let's say the DLC gives you another 10 hours of content. What do you think is a fair price to pay for that? Ooh, <laughs> I don't know. I know that it'll be around... I, like I have a feeling it'll be around forty to fifty Australian dollars at least. Yeah. Um, but if I'm going off past record, uh, the Dark Souls, all the DLCs for the Souls games have been have always been bangers. They've never had a. a I can't think of a DLC that didn't that didn't have a boss fight that everyone loved or didn't have something that made it worth it to them. Even if it wasn't a huge time buff, yeah. Elden Ring is already long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The fact that they made the game so long, I, I would like to hope that the even if it's artificially extended by it being more difficult or something, I'd like to think it wouldn't be a short DLC for fifty bucks. But they they generally haven't been. I think the first one. So I'm only quoting the Dark Souls one because that's the one I remember the 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 best had at least uh at least three bosses added could have been okay. could have been four i think that's one of the smaller ones as well yeah and uh, like i look at it if i want to go watch a movie at the cinemas that cost 20 bucks for two hours and you enjoy the movie then that's good value so like for me i played um half-life alex in vr which was 11 hours and that was 80 dollars. and i'm wow. like Okay, if that's eleven hours for eighty dollars, 
if they released a D, like I would buy a DLC no matter what it cost, just because of how good it was. It, yeah, it's, okay. it, it's interesting because I find it harder and harder to. I find it harder and harder to justify the the time to dollar spent. Like you can you can calculate it that way if you like, but I just don't find that I work that way. For example, I often play games where I feel like if the game would the game would actually be better if it was a little shorter. It would actually be worth more money if they cut out some of this content. So yeah, like yeah. there's there's a for me there um depending on the game and and how much I like it, there's a Goldilocks zone. For example, I don't think I would want to play a 20 hour long Call of Duty campaign. I think probably Six hours is about as much as I could take. Okay, yep. Because the nature of it is that, like, thinking back to other Call of Duty games, from from when, like, I played Call of Duty uh, Modern, War, Modern Warfare 1 and 2 before I, I kind of got bored of the series. But games. Um, those, they couldn't keep raising the spectacle for more than about, I think, Modern Warfare 2 was four to four hours. And by the end, everything that was happening was already really ridiculous and I was overloaded. Imagine if they had to go for another two hours upping the ante. It's the same problem movies have when they make a sequel and then the sequel has to make every fight scene more impressive than the last and then you just end up with ridiculousness. Think Matrix <laughs> and Matrix. <laughs> yeah, yeah, or, or yeah. Matrix and Matrix Reloaded. Matrix Reloaded had really cool fight scenes, but it didn't make the movie, it didn't make the series better at all. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but well, I, I do... I mean, that's your opinion. <laughs> it's the right opinion. <laughs> I don't think the fight scenes made the movie, but uh, I think as a complete trio, they worked well. I think that's a story okay. for another time. Yeah, this yeah. is a gaming podcast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Okay, so getting back on track after Mega Drive, we all got PlayStations, right? Uh, no. Oh, what did you get? Okay. Well, uh, so my my console, I'll give you my complete console rundown as a kid. I okay. got a NES for my fifth birthday. We've got a rich kid over I here. A, <laughs> I got a SNES for my, I want to say it's my eighth maybe christmas um i'm pretty sure i got a game boy color in between the snes and the n64 but the n64 was my parents went to africa on a missions trip came back with the nintendo 64 and were like if you've been naughty you're not playing this for two weeks (laughs) so they were just gonna give you a nintendo 64 no matter what you did it's just yeah it's they weren't gonna let us play it it was do you know what it was it was um it was time gated exclusivity. You needed exactly. to buy you needed to buy the premium bundle. Yeah, buy it with my life. <laughs> it was um yeah, that was the the longest two weeks of my child life. Yeah. Okay, so um, you're up to Nintendo sixty four. I think that's pretty much the next after the Sega Mega Drive. What did you play on yeah. Nintendo sixty four? Mario games mostly. Uh, I, I think I personally didn't own anything that wasn't a Mario game for the first year or so damn so you missed the whole getting your ass kicked on goldeneye or kicking other people's asses on it oh i didn't miss it because my cousins also got nintendo 64 and they got all the good games (laughs) 
<laughs> so I had this one friend that had he spent his life on Goldeneye, and every time I went to his house, he would just kick my ass in one v ones on Goldeneye the entire time. If I got <laughs> like my best record was three kills to his nine, and then he brought out wow. proximity mines, and it was over for me. Is like proximity mines were my favorite. Oh my god, no. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember trying to move, move any character in in first person on a Nintendo sixty four? You needed three arms because I don't know what they were thinking. It was disgusting. Yeah, yeah. Thank God for uh for Dual Shock once that yep. once they got the two analog sticks working on Xbox three sixty and and those. Yeah. What about you, Pez? Uh so when I. Uh, arrived in Australia in 1998. We stayed in the caravan and my parents were like, okay, what do you want? I'm like, yeah, PS1. They just said, so, what do you want? Well, I may, I can't remember, but... What do you want for your birthday, little Pez? It, was, it could have been a birthday or Christmas, but we were living in... It was in Miami and my dad worked us up the road. We were living in the caravan park. Oh, and, that's pretty um, good, though. Yeah, okay, you got a PS1. Yeah, PS1 playing on a 34-inch CRT TV uh, with Gran Turismo, and those were the best days ever. Bro. 34-inch or a 34-centimeter? It would have been... 34-inch is pretty big. would have been centimeter, I think. Yeah. It's in a caravan. A square one? Yeah. Well, yeah, the TV weighed about 37 kilos. <laughs> yeah, so the right number, but wrong unit of, measure, of measurement. Yeah, look, it was... It was <laughs> I couldn't lift it myself, basically. Yeah. So, uh, I also was a PlayStation enjoyer, uh, and I think every because you couldn't buy a PlayStation by yourself as a kid, you always got it with Gran Turismo because that's the thing your dad was most excited for. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. So, like, yeah, I played a lot of Gran Turismo. I haven't played many racing games since then. I don't really enjoy them. But uh, I had my, back in in that time, um, if I listened to my sister's boyfriend, Nissan Skylines and Toyota Supras. And those are the two cars, the only two cars I cared about. I I never cared about anything that wasn't kind of like a saloon car. I tried to dodge Viper, but the handling on that thing was so shite. The fact, and look, I think that's what brought up the Fast and Furious generation is... In that game, you had the Nissan Skyline, the Supra, all that stuff, which then led onto the Fast and Furious. Yeah. So we are, we Dude. probably started playing PlayStation at a very similar um, time because I immigrated in 98 and then we probably got our PlayStation in late 99. And we got Gran Turismo and A Bug's Life. A Bug's Life was oh. not a bad game. Yep. yep Bug's was Life good. was an amazing game. Yeah. That and I think um, Spyro was another big one. I never did Spyro. I um, would. So I would. Yeah, go on. Gran Turismo guys and not Need for Speed guys. So, no. yeah, you go. I had Gran Turismo because my dad bought Gran Turismo. I never yeah. asked for Gran Turismo, but I never complained about Gran. Tur- I also played a lot of it because it was there. You got to remember that the only way I got new games was if my brother and I put both our birthday um, and Christmas money together and we both agreed to buy the same 
PlayStation game that was um, the the platinum deal for twenty five dollars. Yeah, well. So huge. it would be like one one maybe two games a year. Maybe we could borrow some games. Maybe occasionally we'd rent one. So I played a lot of games that I wouldn't normally have played back then because that's what was in the cupboard. And the Celeron couldn't manage much, you know? <laughs> like, <laughs> we tried playing Israeli Air Force Flight Simulator, but uh, at five frames, we just couldn't figure it out. Yeah. Uh, so, but I did get into... I went to a friend's house and I played Need for Speed Hot Pursuit and I instantly loved that. I spent so much time trying to get away from the, the cop in the... I think the the, the the cop in the Lamborghini, right? You could never yeah. lose him. And I didn't really care about the race. I just wanted to try and, and knock the Lamborghini off of the racetrack and off a cliff somehow. <laughs> I don't even know if that was possible in the game. Oh yeah, and avoid the spike strips. I just wanted to cause as much mayhem as possible. So that's what was exciting to me in that. And I preferred that over Gran Turismo. But it also wasn't something that I... I, By that point, I had been introduced to games like Siphon Filter and Metal Gear Solid. And those were far more um, up my alley. Yeah. Like my cousins and my friends uh, got PlayStation 1s. One of my friends actually let me borrow his PS1 for a while. And I, the only games I remember playing consistently were Road Rash and uh, I want to say A Bug's Life and maybe a, a Toy Story. Um, I can't remember if it was a Toy Story racer or if it was like a similar thing to A Bug's Life. Bro, Road Rash was so good. I enjoyed it so much. It was such a fun game. Just like kicking somebody off a motorbike just felt really yeah. good. Or just crowbarring them in the face. It was fantastic. What the hell are you talking about? That sounds like Carmageddon. Oh, you never played Road Rash? No, I never played Road Rash. I played Mega Death. No, Mega Race on PC. I played Mega Race. I played. Um, I didn't play Carmageddon, but I knew about it. Um, yeah. And then I think the next kind of like a derby game that I would play would actually be at your place, Caleb. It, it was Burnout. Oh, yeah. That <laughs> yeah. was a good game. Yeah, Burnout Three. I'm pretty sure I had. Yeah, but uh, is that well, that was PlayStation Two, right? Yeah, that was PS Two. Yeah. Um, so I got a PS Two after the N64. Yeah. Okay. You sw- you swapped loved. sides. Yeah, I I think I ended up having like 40 games or something on that that were mostly funded by me because my parents didn't buy me games for that. You were you were working but, then too, right? Yeah, I started working when I was 14, so I. Pretty much spent all of my money on games and KFC. <laughs> games and KFC. Nice. <laughs> I love it. Those two specific things. <laughs> yeah. As a fourteen-year-old, my parents were like, "I'd come home from work and they'd be like, oh, do you need? Do you need to eat? Like, because I'd go to work at like five o'clock and be there until 10 They'd be like, "Do you need to eat? We saved you some dinner." I'd be like, "Nah, I had a zinger and like large chips and whatever on the way home." You're in your gamer chrysalis. Like, if that if you continued that trend and never got a girlfriend, you'd be wearing a fedora right now and like oh, probably like <laughs> probably seven sizes larger than you are. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm very blessed that my body has been a uh, high metabolism body for most of my life. I'm yeah. really starting to feel the effects of not caring about that now, though. Oh, everyone, man. We're, we're, anyone that's turned 30 realizes that one way or another. 
Anyways, um, Pez, did you did you you had PS One? What else did you did you have any other? P- oh, you know what else I played on PS One? Freaking Red Alert. I played oh, yes, I played it yes. on console with wow. a controller. And it was so weird though. It was well, I never had it on PC, so I didn't know any better. And yeah. frankly, I just love playing as the Soviets. I loved the story. I lo- love the live action cutscenes. That's one thing I wish they would bring back in a lot of games is live action cutscenes. And I know that they look campy, but like I think that's the point. Yeah, like as a young kid, it was such an experience to have play the mission and see a cutscene. Yeah, did you play Soviet or Allied? Oh, mate, I love the big mammoth tanks. and Yeah, yeah, Soviet yeah. all the way. I've never really met anyone that's like, actually, allies are really fun to play. <laughs> you like yeah. weak tanks? You like weak tanks that go fast? Okay. Yeah, true. <laughs> uh, you probably want to play on a level with a lot of water as well, so you can use your stupid battleships or something. Stupid. So anyways, it's an all-land all land map. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Feel my wrath. <laughs> Um, but um, I'm surprised you haven't mentioned yet. But did you play Final Fantasy on PS One? I played Final Fantasy Eight. I didn't even know that Seven existed because. Wow. Well, okay, so I'm aware that um, Seven existed, but Eight looked far more. Uh, it it looked more. It looked more real than Seven. Seven looked like a kid's game to me, and Eight looked like a man's game. With realistic things in it. Teenager you was like, man, I ain't playing this kid stuff. Yeah, exactly. So I started playing 8. And I didn't get very far in it. But I kept summoning the Guardians. Just Ifrit and um, Shiva over and over again. Because I loved watching the animations. I got part way through. But I didn't really have patience for it. And then I got into Legend of the Dragoons, which was Sony's kind of answer to, to, to Final Fantasy. And I loved that game so much. Uh, my brother and I actually shared a save file and we, we played it because we had to. We had to share a save file. That's the only way it worked. And yeah. we played that, which was very, it, it's very much a Final Fantasy ripoff. But the spin on it was that this was the first time that I'd ever seen quick time events in a video game. So you would it was still turn-based combat, but every time your guys did a combo, you had to hit the quick time events to to get the full damage of the combo. So you had to memorize their combo quick time events. And also the enemy could counter and you had to hit a different button if they tried to counter to keep the combo going. So to me, after playing that, Final Fantasy just looked like a boring game. Um, yeah, I was I was way more into that, and I got really into the story of Legend of the Dragoons as well. And um, I'm sure that the internet will tell me that I'm wrong. I'm sure if I went, if I could, that's why I'm really looking forward to the Final Fantasy VII remakes once they've finished them. I want them to finish the three episodes, and I want to buy them in a bundle for a reasonable price, and then I'll play play it and, and see what kind of see what I missed. I know that they've changed the story a little bit. But yeah, I'm I'm sad that you only just got PS uh, your PS5 because I have the I think I have uh, Integrate and the first one. Oh, you uh, have them. I'm pretty sure I got them with PS Plus, but it may have also been um, 
it may be that I'm with the subscription, uh, the PS Extra. But yes, I do have them. I started playing them and was like, yeah, this is kind of cool, but I've never really enjoyed Final Fantasy. You I think never the first enjoyed time I saw it? Nah, I mean, I saw my cousin play Final Fantasy 2, I want to say, um, on the SNES. And I just remember thinking, wow, this looks like he was like, oh, man, I've been playing this game for like eight weeks. And I was like, what? That's too long to be playing a game. I do think I mean, now I'm like, if I find a game that I can play for eight weeks, I'm like, yes, this is the best game ever. Yeah, it's crazy how you change your opinions as you go. I think uh, looking back, like Final Fantasy had really awesome cutscenes that I wanted to see. Like, I, And I think you had to get involved with the character's story and care about the characters. And if you got to that point, then you probably would have thought it's the best game ever of all time like yeah. a lot of people do like i don't think that people that like final fantasy series are crazy i just never got into it either well, what about you pez uh yeah look i've never played a final fantasy game yes until you have yeah okay yeah 14 online hell yeah brother, <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, brother. i don't know why it just never really grabbed me i was too busy doing other stuff and i just didn't think oh let me make time for that i rather want to do other stuff i love that you say other stuff and by other stuff you mean skyrim mods sure let's go with that yeah <laughs> nice uh, very nice <laughs> so we're up to ps2 era yep so i'll carry on yeah yeah what did you have on your ps2 well so interestingly my last console was the PS1. And then my parents got a computer in 2000. Did they get a computer or did you get a computer? Because those no. are two very different things. <laughs> well, I was in high school, well, I think grade eight. And they needed something to do, you know, office stuff with. And so, bam, get a computer, Windows ME. Please pray for my soul. Jeez. Um, and the computer guy installed Age of Empires 1 onto it as well. That guy was based. And I was hooked. Age of Empires became my favorite game at that point. Can you imagine, uh, imagine this for a second, because none of us have experienced this. Imagine being born into an era when Windows Vista was the first Windows operating system you experienced. Oh, imagine that. <laughs> So if you were um if you were like ten in two thousand and seven, that would suck. Anyways, yeah. um, I'm so for those kids, two thousand and seven was a good year for gaming, though. Um, so you got into the PC games, but I, I'm I'm confused because my family had computers too, but like I had a oh right, right I'm I'm forgetting something. I had a sister that wanted to actually do schoolwork on it and i had a little brother as well that we had to share game time with and also there was this pesky thing that my parents needed to do on it which was like write emails and stuff it was so annoying that's very annoying yeah yeah <laughs> so, but i did play a lot of shareware games um like i do you know what i do you guys remember harvey norman the the electronic store that's kind of now dying yeah yeah so i would go to harvey yeah. norman and there would be these these bins and remember then that pc games were in a box 
almost the size of a shoebox. And you had yeah. these huge manuals. Those were some of the <laughs> best <laughs> times of my life. Is literally not playing the game, but driving home and reading the manual. Because there were there weren't any in-game prompts or anything like that. So if you didn't read the manual, you had no idea what you were going to be doing. Yep. Um, but also the quality of some of them was so good. Dude, those were the best days ever because when I when I went to South Africa on my a holiday in like 2002, bought Warcraft 3 and I'm reading the manual on the the plane trip back. It was incredible. You were edging hard. Mate, it was so good. Oh man, when <laughs> I got WoW, I think uh the first hard copy of WoW I bought was The Burning Crusade. And when Wrath of the Lich King came out, I'd been banned from playing it by my girlfriend at the time. And I went to my friend's house and to stay at his house, but we ended up going to the EB Games midnight launch together. <laughs> um, so I, uh, I'd taken my PC over to his place, so we spent the night downloading and installing that. And I just remember going home and knowing that I wasn't allowed to play it because I would get in trouble from her and from my parents who were agreeing with her that it was a bad game to play. Yeah, and just so sitting good. there, like, just reading the manual. To, were you, were you reading it under the... Left the house. Were you reading oh, it under the covers? Bedroom, yeah. yeah, like... Not it, under the covers, but oh, I was okay. like, oh, I, I can't let anybody know I've got this. <laughs> it was your deepest, darkest secret. Um, yeah. yeah, I... Um, Moving back a little, on PS2, I got really into, um, I got even more into, well, freaking Metal Gear Solid Sons of Liberty changed my life. Oh, man. What a game. If you go back now and you listen to some of the conversations that the AI has with Raiden, bro, they predicted 2000 and they predicted 2020. Like, we should go back and we should listen to it sometime because the way it, it talks about, um, how information is gathered and how it, it, it causes separation and a lot of, uh, does it sound familiar? Like a lot of everyone, there's all, everyone is online and we all have this, um, we're all kind of like connected, but it, instead of causing unity, it causes a whole bunch of separation and we actually make more clicks and more, like we separate into small clubs and small groups and we don't communicate and share information. Yep. Actually he mentions that in one of the, um, it predicts it. I mean, it's crazy. Yeah. Hideo yeah, Kojima. Wild. What a, what a, what a goat. Although now it also has um, toilets that you can go in and knock and uh, see posters of girls that are yes. fully clothed, but that was, a, I remember hiding in those toilets. Yeah, that was a, or you hide in the lockers, and if it has an FHM, because I think it was FHM posters. Um, yeah, I remember that because I was, I worked at a video game company that was sponsored by FHM as well. I think that they were more, um, a part of video game culture. Then, if you went into a locker that had one of those posters and you were hiding in the locker, you could do a move to move up to the grate. And look out so you could see the guards. But it, if it had one of those posters, it would make a kiss sound. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, that was classic, like, teenage boy comedy. I thought that was hilarious. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know if... I don't know where I stand on it morally now. Like, if I was <laughs> a parent and I had a teenage son and that's what they were doing... Like, yes, they would be doing that no matter what I wanted. But I don't know if I would have... Put it in my house. 
Like, I don't yeah. know if I would want to. How many things did we do as teenagers that we'd be like, yeah, if I knew my kid was doing that same thing, I'd be like, no. Yeah. Yeah, for true. sure. Um, I, it's also where I got into Armored Core, the best mech game series of all time, in my opinion. But, I uh, disagree, okay. respectively. You're a mech warrior fan or something? I'm a mech warrior person. Oh, dude, they move so No, actually, they're completely different. I think it's different, yeah. Yeah, it was the N64 uh, mech game. Oh, okay. I've never never played that one. Maybe I'm not a true mech fan. It was one of the release games. It was um, uh, one of the ones that was in Toy World that you could go and play. Oh, yeah. Those are also great memories. And, okay, so... I think that's all pretty much. I I I didn't have a lot of games on PS2. Although I think that was a that was a great era for to for co-op gaming for couch co-op because I had Dark Alliance, yeah. Dark Alliance Two, Baldur's Gate, Dark Alliance, and Dark Alliance Two, and um, which were both dungeon crawlers where you shared a screen, and those were just amazing. The still, I think some of the best um, Dungeons and Dragons games ever made. And it's funny because people praise Diablo Four for having first-person cutscenes in an ARPG. Go and play Baldur's Gate. It has first-person cutscenes, and you have dialogue choices. Those things existed back then. I mean, I'm not. I'm. I'm. The Diablo Four ones are a lot better, but I think people kind of forget that. It's not like they invented them. Yeah. Yeah. yeah well, yeah. it's, uh, I haven't played a single Diablo game and I've only played Baldur's Gate and only heard of Baldur's Gate because of you. <laughs> because of me? What do you mean? Because, uh, oh, when I used to come hang out at your house. Oh, you like, oh, you made we it. We could try this one. You made it, you made me, you made it sound like I stopped you. No. You <laughs> showed me. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. And, uh, but the other one, I think if you had a PlayStation 2, you also had Time Splitters 2. Yeah, I right? didn't have that. You, you had that. Yeah, but we played that together, right? Yeah. Yeah. And Street Fighter Alpha 3. Great. We played a lot of PlayStation oh, yeah. 2, 2 stuff together. Yeah. Because Burnout was on, Burnout 3 was on PlayStation 2. Yeah, Burnout 3. Yeah. And that's yeah, where you learn about the ones. band. That's where you learn about the band Atreyu. That's probably. Because it, they had. Yeah. You go. Oh, the first time I would have looked up Atreyu was um, probably Sleeping Dogs. Oh, okay. But I think Sleeping Dogs might have been Xbox 360. Yeah. There were a lot of licensed music. Um, There were a lot of licensed music tracks in, in games back then. Like Flat Out 2 had Under Oath and Linkin Park. It's so sad oh, that you ne- can't do ne- that ne- anymore. Speed. Yeah, ne- ne- Speed. Speed Underground 1 and 2 were big music games for me. I learned about a lot of artists from those. Yeah. And GTA, actually. San Andreas uh, was the first one that you could pick an individual. No, that's wrong. It wasn't the first one you could pick an individual radio station, but it was the first one that I actually went and investigated every single radio station to get the individual song so that I could listen to them. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And, I mean, there's a lot of, like, useless country songs that I learned from that, like, hey, good-looking... What you got cooking? How's about cooking something up for me? Yeah, I'd like that. Um, Bacon pancakes. That's what I would like. 
You want me to make some ba- pancakes? Making bacon pancakes? No, you won't get them to me in time. Anyways, um, I think that's the end of the PS2 era. I think for you guys, uh, or definitely for Pez, because I think the launch of World of Warcraft pretty much ended consoles for a lot of people. Am I am I right? I never got into World of Warcraft. I think you'll you'll see a theme with me. I never got into Blizzard games until much later in life. Fair. Um, just before World of Warcraft was RuneScape, and I know a lot of like me and my friends all played that, and then transitioned into into World of Warcraft. I actually played Fury before I played World of Warcraft. Oh, oh Fury! What a game! So for those of you that don't know, I worked as a, uh, well, you wouldn't know. Um, I work at, worked as quality assurance on a Australian based, uh, video game. It was a PVP MMO named Fury, which, um, yeah. So I worked there for six months and then the company went bankrupt, but uh, it was Aura developments, the same people that made dark rain, the RTS dark rain, um, and trains and trains, which was probably the only thing keeping yeah (laughs) and the funny thing is i bought fury did you had it on the shelf for a few months and then i couldn't play it (laughs) it was so funny oh man it was a pity the 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 publisher was named gamecock and we had a partnership with fhm and i just the whole marketing campaign was if you weren't good enough to like if you struggle with the game you were a pussy and um just get better so everyone's complaints just got met with get better noob and like that's that's uh, like yes people should get better however there were 300 uh, there were hundreds of abilities in the game and you could and you had a, a hot bar of 24 and you could put any ability in any hotbar, and then they had levels 1 to 10 as well on the abilities. So, in some ways, it was an awesome game because you had so much build variety. You could make literally anything. However, probably about 50 abilities out of all of them were good abilities, and the rest were trash and shouldn't have been there. Also, uh... Artificing armor in that game was completely random like Diablo. And they had crazy effects like uh, on hit, 10% chance to stun your opponent for 3 seconds. Which was, it's stupid in a PvP game. And they eventually reset it, but they never took away the, um, the, they never sunsetted the old armor for old players. So people that were there at the launch dominated new players and... Well, you see how that goes. A dead game. Yeah, that's pretty crap. I cannot name another single game in my whole gaming lifetime that I want to come back as much as I want Fury to come back. Yeah, there were definitely things about it that were really good. I like the charge system. There aren't many PvP games that I know of that uh, use that system. Yeah, I, I love Capture the Flag. Like any any multiplayer game like COD, Halo, anything like that that I've played, Capture the Flag is my go-to game type. I think that so, one, yeah. it, I think that one in Fury incentivized the most builds as well because you could just yeah. make a build to run really fast. Yeah, like run. You needed a runner, you needed a healer, and you needed people to do the damage. Yeah, it was like 
ultimate team game. Yeah. And that was the other part of it is that you needed a team to work together and you know how teams work? Like, have you ever played Overwatch? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's one of those situations. Um, yeah, I mean, like, even Overwatch, WoW, like any PvP I did in WoW was usually, like, if I didn't get a capture the flag game, I was like, okay, yeah, I guess this is different. There's capture of the flag in Overwatch, but it's yeah. I, I I don't know that it's good capture of the flag. I don't I I never played it. I mean, it's capture the flag. Yeah. So yeah, after Fury, that's when you started WoW, though, right? Yeah. So when Fury died, I was like, okay, well, I guess I better find something else to play. Yeah, it definitely made that that online gaming hole in my heart. Yeah. Because I I was never into on. Um, I was never into multiplayer games really until uh, I worked on Fury, and then once I was in it, I was like, my eyes were open to this new world of destroying noobs and also getting destroyed by me being the noob. Yeah, I watched my cousin play Arathi Basin in Burning Crusade. Well, uh, when. I was still playing Fury and I was trying to convince him to play Fury because we lived in different towns. I went there to visit one time, saw him playing WoW and was like, yeah, this isn't really as good as the other game I'm playing. Do you, do you still hold that opinion? Like if, if Fury was still, if Fury was I still around, Fury's PvP. I think Fury, well, yeah, because that was the only thing you could do in Fury. I think it was more developed than WoW. Yeah. Like no one cares about, there's, there's, there's no, I don't think there's, no one takes WoW PvP or MMO PvP in generally, in general, very seriously. I think I know a lot of people who take WoW PvP very seriously. Yeah, so you know casual people that do, but for example, it's not, um, and you, there there are competitions and there are leagues for it, but it it pales in comparison to something like League of Legends or yeah. even Dota Two or. Counter Strike or even Call of Duty, I think would would that be fair? Yeah, I think uh, it's yes. Yeah, it's definitely yeah, not agree. a game at the top of the um, the list of competitive PvP games. Yeah, like if I was going to an esports event, I don't think I would be like, man, I'm really looking forward to seeing these these WoW clashes. Yeah, like I would personally rather want to see a shooting game or League of Legends. Oh, for me, that's uh, I miss StarCraft. To Starcraft Two, yeah. um, esports and and um, I really loved Overwatch League. <laughs> I know, I know that that's that the the cringe opinion to have, um, because it's kind of failing and dying. But I I I, I invested a lot in Overwatch, and I I understand that's actually something that I I do a lot is I get really involved in games that uh, are are dying. <laughs> <laughs> because yeah. uh, because they have interesting mechanics that I really like, but the general, um, like I feel like the general population just are not into learning those mechanics, or they're 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 not very readable. Yeah, yeah. Look, so basically, you're the problem for promoting dying games. That's right. I did it. Yeah. I killed um I killed Fury, and then I killed Overwatch. Agreed. Yeah. So you guys both got into World of Warcraft. How heavily did you get into it? Oh man, yeah, I I don't really want to talk about it. Okay, yeah, I mean I will. <laughs> so the first time I started playing Warcraft, I remember playing a Tauren going through Mulgore on dial-up internet. So you're playing with 800 ping, trying to 
kill mobs and stuff and it's it's horrible and i think hopefully within that year we got broadband and it was good and then it would be literally go to school come home play for six hours go to bed repeat every day damn it, it was disgusting see i was out of school when i started playing so for me it was um go to work come home and play and on days off because i was casual just stay home and play all day nice yep and hide That's it. Why my parents hated it so much yeah i mean to be fair mm-hmm. like yeah my parents like I, I i say that my parents were very conservative and they didn't um like foster me playing video games me or my brother um but i think i gave them fair reason to feel that way because if i had it my way i would um finish a video game and i would restart the playstation and i would just play it again like i wouldn't go outside if i if i could help it i'm a bit more balanced now but as a kid um that's all i wanted to do it's all i wanted to talk about like if you look at my school books you're just gonna see pictures of you'll see like i did enough work to to do okay in school but there's also pictures of mammoth tanks and crazy men on penny farthings chasing people yeah so it is what it is oh yeah i was obsessed with tesla coils as well bro i used to actually draw get a a3 sheet of paper and with different color pencils draw a map of red alert and a battle <laughs> happening <laughs> like that's how much i loved red alert red alert was so good dude it's one of the reasons why i wanted to take over the world um exactly i was uh, do you remember when Red Alert 2 launched? I actually I lost a friend because I talked about it too much. Wow. Because I didn't have the game. They had the game. And I just wanted to talk to them about the game. And I think they realized that. And then they're like, actually, I'm not going to talk to Rob anymore. I'm gonna, I mean, we're, we were still friends, but like, I, I definitely noticed that. Have either of you seen the movie The Banshees of Inner Sharon? No. What's that yeah. about? It's a fairly recent one that came out with Colin Farrell. Um, and it's about Colin Farrell's character annoying uh, his co-star's character uh, just by being himself. And he annoys him so much that the co-star ends up being like, okay, just don't talk to me ever again. Yeah, yeah, and, that's exactly what it was. Yeah, I yeah, was that annoying he, person. I realize that now. Yeah. yeah. So he's, he's like, he ends up thinking, oh, he's just joking. So he goes and keeps talking to him and the guy's like, if you come and talk to me again, I'm going to start cutting off my fingers one by one until I've got no fingers left and it will be all your fault. And he's like, nah, he's joking for sure. Goes and talks to him again. He starts cutting off his own fingers oh, and throwing geez. him at his house. <laughs> That's intense. It's very random, but it's uh, wow. it just made me think of that when you said you lost a friend from talking about a game too much. <laughs> yeah, man. I was I was intense. Um, so did you ever break it? Like, did you ever play any other games or did WoW consume everything? I played all the WoW. So I, I would eventually get into MMOs. Um, Fury was a part of that. Um, while I was playing WoW, it was just WoW. And like my brother was, uh, he was a little bit older. So he was starting to play other games. Like, uh, we had a PS3. So there were um He was playing like COD, right? Later. He was playing a lot. Yeah, he was playing COD, he was playing FIFA, Skate? like those kind of games. Um so I would occasionally play with those with him if he wanted me to. But oh, most yeah. of the time it was just oh no, I'm playing WoW, sorry bro. 
Yeah, I think WoW actually killed us playing uh, Street Fighter Alpha 3. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. Sad. That was a good time. I like when I think of um playing playing console games with with friends, Street Fighter Alpha 3 is is right up there. I love playing that with you. Oh, it, yeah, those were great times. Yeah. Um yeah. and remember we both had we like we both had our character that was that was our best <laughs> character and there was yeah. no way that I would let my best character fight your best character. <laughs> so Neither I think it was one of our best characters. Yeah, yeah. I played a Don. What was your best one? I can't remember. I, I want to say it was either. Uh, so I, I feel like I was pretty good with Ken, but I love playing Armiker and Zangief. I think Armiker was probably. Yeah, I think Armiker. Um, I would just do that that annoying spear kick over and over again. The annoying dive yeah. kick, but. <laughs> So, like, if I saw you pick Armica, I'd just be like, oh, yeah, so I'm going to try out Dan. <laughs> Dan was the Hadouken user that couldn't do a yep. Hadouken further than about <laughs> six inches. Yeah. All, all I remember about Street Fighter against you was that I was pretty much worried to play any character against you because you were good with pretty much everyone. Nah. I mean, oh, yeah. Do That's you remember? how I felt. Whether or not you felt we like that, we also though we had a friend that was better than both of us. Yeah. So even uh, though he didn't own a console. Yeah, he probably played it in arcades. Um. Yeah. So I didn't get into I didn't get into WoW stuff, but you know what? Going with like the, the all the games that I killed, uh, I played all the WoW killers just about. Not all of them, but I played uh, Warhammer Age of Re- Reckoning, which I think was actually my favorite of those. That also had really good PvP in it. I played Age of Conan. Um, oh, yeah. What else did I try out? I remember you getting into Age of Conan, and I was like, yeah, I wouldn't mind playing that. But then I was like, I would never be able to play that in my house because it has nudity. Yeah, you could be fully naked, and also you could cut people's heads off. Yeah, exactly. The the fatalities were actually really awesome, and in hindsight, being able to initiate PvP anywhere in the game is really annoying. But it also led to some really funny times. Like, I remember I had this 15-minute-long fight with... um. I don't remember who was trying to gank me. I think it was a wasn't a ranger it was around level 40 i was a shaman and um they got the jump on me because every character in age of conan can stealth some do it better than others they got the jump on me i think they were a gladiator and they got me down to about half health and i just kept running around this rock and duking them for about 10 minutes (laughs) casting my dot heals and just slowly whittling him down it was a 15 minute fight and I eventually it's killed him. Annoyance. <laughs> I eventually killed him. I was just running around this rock. <laughs> you would have been so dirty. <laughs> yeah. So like moments like that were really awesome. But uh, the that again, and the problem with with MMOs that are mostly focused on PvP is you you end up with a population of wolves and no sheep. And then the wolves start cannibalizing themselves and they keep the sheep out of the game. So you can't get new players. Um, did any of you try Rift? Yes. I tried it once. 
that was the one that everyone said was the most like wow but yeah. i don't know that it was and remember then it was also really popular to have public events in your video games in your mmos but they were just in they were just um events that kept resetting every 10 minutes or so yeah i, re- I remember it rift being a big thing but i never played it yeah it's um it's still around i think but it's very it it, it got sold off to a, a publisher that um does a lot of monetization. I never really got really far into many MMOs, mostly because I'd lose interest in them at some point. Like, I never wanted to do that last third of the game where it was mostly grinding and not really fun, um, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I feel like the beginning of a lot of MMOs, the story is really engaging. It's really good. You're you're getting a lot of abilities. And then usually around somewhere around um, just past the middle of the game, it's like you have to get to this level cap so you can progress the story. But also you'll go three levels and it'll take you several hours and you might get one new ability or talent. And it gets kind of boring for me anyways, not for everyone. It would be it would have been nice if I could have gotten to the point of raiding in those, but at the same time, they were MMOs that were going to die anyways, and you don't get to leave with the prestige of it. Like, yeah, I I raided in this game that nobody knows. <laughs> I know. Even WoW, I'm like, I did mythic raiding in WoW, and I know Pez did as well. It's like that means nothing to anybody now. Now that I'm not playing WoW, it's not like I go up to a guy and like. Hey, yeah, I love to play video games. I was a Mythic Raider in WoW once. <laughs> yeah, and no one knows what it is. <laughs> You're doing it yeah, wrong. Like... You're supposed to be telling <laughs> girls, not guys. Slide into their DMs and open up with that. See how you go. Yeah. Hey, girl, you ever killed a Mythic Raid boss? Oh. I have. You got to name the Raid boss. Don't don't tell them that it's a Mythic Raid boss. What's the name of them? One well, of them. I, I can't even remember one. <laughs> really? <laughs> yep. Okay, fair enough. I my uh what was my favorite one. So I did Mythic Nighthold. Yes. Probably my one of my favorite times raiding. And the boss that I most enjoyed killing in Mythic Nighthold was Krasis or Croesus. It's either Krasis or Croesus. I can't remember now, it was so long ago. Yeah, so you were like, Don't worry, babe, cuddle up to me. I know how to Mythic Nighthold you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Nighthold, yes. It's actually a thing. I think for a lot of us, though, we got into the MMO space and then a lot of us only exited the MMO space much later when either your girlfriend left you or you realized that it was taking up too much time or you decided to play some other games while you were waiting for the next WoW expansion or something like that. Because I eventually did go to the PlayStation 3 era um, after messing around with a bunch of WoW killers. Mm. Oh, I also played a lot of Command & Conquer, like Tiberian Sun, and and um, I did get Red Alert to... I played a lot of, like, Rollercoaster Tycoon to, like, a lot of strategy games. I love playing those. Did any of you play Total Annihilation? No. Okay. Negative. All right. heard of it. Oh, my goodness. It's only one of the best RTSs of all time. Yeah, well, that's your opinion. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so i eventually did get into ps3 and then i did finally i remember when call of duty modern warfare came out do you remember how good that looked when that came out 
especially the the when you first saw um other soldiers in camo i thought it was like photorealism okay can we just take a step back yeah and like i think after the uh the mmo era i went into the fps era so you play um cod one two three modern warfare you played all of them all of them from the beginning and the campaigns were just excellent I really liked Call of Duty when it was the World War II ones, but I w- also was someone that was really into World War II history yep. as a teenager. So I really loved that. I-, I remember when the first Call of Duties came out, they had really good smoke. Like, that was one of the selling points. Because remember, they were competing with uh, Medal of Honor and um, Battlefield. Battlefield on PC, Medal of Honor on, on PlayStation. Yep. I remember playing Medal of Honor on PC. I don't know which one, but it was horrible, and I just uninstalled it straight away. <laughs> the, the first, yep. the first, the the good Medal of Honors were on PlayStation One. Okay, yeah, yeah. So you must have just totally missed those. Those were okay. Let me tell you about Medal of Honor on PlayStation. This was so cool, and I don't know why they don't do this in games anymore. Like, I know that there were a lot of janky things about those old games, but here's some things that we could we could have back in first-person shooters. If you threw a grenade and there was an enemy dog, the dog would pick up the grenade and and bring it to you. And, okay. Yeah, and kill both of you. It, it thought you were playing fetch. And sometimes if you threw a grenade, a German soldier would try and pick it up and throw it back. Or they would jump on it to try and save their friends. Oh wow! Um, or if you shot them in the in the, um, you could shoot their helmets off. So if you didn't quite get the headshot below the helmet, it would shoot the helmet off. Um, other things they would do were, oh yeah, if they would, if you shot them in the leg, they would hop on one foot. Or if you shot them in the arm, they would drop their weapon. I love that that, that those kinds of details. I don't know why. A lot of first-person shooters don't do that kind of stuff. Like, that's PlayStation 1. I know that there were also a lot of limitations with it, but I don't know. Yeah. I can't hear you, Caleb. Oh, sorry. I said that's really good. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it's almost like a lot of things were more sophisticated back then than they are now. I think for a lot of it is... They were focused on good gameplay. I mean, I'm not even sure that those were good gameplay things. They were just interesting details. I sometimes think of, uh, like, for example, the Honda Civic used to have this technology where the wheels, the back wheels of your car would turn slightly with your front wheels. So when you were merging on the highway, it was smoother. But they eventually did away with that technology because it was expensive to do. It was just, oh, it wasn't cost efficient. And that, you notice that like older cars had thicker metal doors. I know that a lot of things do, um, they're, they're thinner because they, they have crumple zones now. And a lot of, a lot of car parts are, um, you know, not metal anymore, but some of those old things had those feelings of quality. And I, I feel with a lot of things, yeah. there are many steps forwards, but there's also some steps back. Yes. Yeah. Feelings of quality. I like that. <laughs> Yeah, feelings of quality. You know the old it, if it's cold and heavy in your hand, it's good quality. That's how it is. Yeah, yeah. It's like electronics these days are just horrible compared to what they used to be. 
Really? I think so. Nothing lasts as long as it used to. I think back in the day, they made things so they were easily repairable. And now the meta is to make things that are easily replaceable. Yes, that one. Yeah. So like you, it used to be, because I work with a lot of Mac laptops, it used to be that you could take your Mac laptop apart and you could change the parts inside it. And then over the years, you could change less and less parts. And now... Anytime there is any major problem, it's we throw away the laptop and we just give you another one. Correct. Yeah. Anyways, total, that's totally off topic. <laughs> Let's get back on track. Um, we're talking about, um, oh yeah, you were talking about Medal of um, Call of Duty 1 to 4. Yes. So let's just say after that, awesome. Then I got a PS3 and it was all about Uncharted and all that sort of stuff. You were I didn't know this about you. I didn't know that you were a um a Sony exclusive guy. I That's thought right. out of everyone I was the Sony exclusive guy. And to know how much I like Windows and PC games, I've never owned an Xbox. Wow. I've also I've, never owned an Xbox. I've just I've currently got a PS4 and a PC. I don't remember what pushed me to Xbox, but after PS3, uh, I got a Xbox 360. Most of the ports on PS3 were not... Um, if they were third-party ports, they weren't very good. So, for example, Call of Duty um, Modern Warfare 2, which I think was a game that you played a fair... Like, you played Modern Warfare... Uh, Call of Duty quite a lot. The port for Xbox was better than the PlayStation 3 because of the architecture. Interesting. Yeah, because the PlayStation 3 had um, a lot of cores and the way it, it... The graphics card wasn't as good, but it had a lot of cores in its CPU. And the way that they made games run well on PS3 was by utilizing those cores and no one was making games that utilized a lot of cores. So the console port, the PS3 port for Call of Duty or Bayonetta was another horrible one, were not very good in comparison to the Xbox one that was more like a PC. Now they're, ex- they're almost, they're a lot like PCs. So it's kind of same, same. In fact, I would say nowadays it's slightly better because you don't have shader cache as many shader cache problems as on PC. Yeah. Uh, one of my big gripes with Hogwarts was that every time you start it, it has to load the shader cache. No, that's a good thing because do you know what, do you know what happens when you don't have that? You get Callisto protocol, which is like, it's, (laughs) it runs, it fluctuates between 40 frames a second and 10. Every time it sees something that it needs to load the cache for it, dips down the 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 frame rate it it does it causes frame stuttering that's that's a ton of triple a games are having this problem i don't know why like for example the dead space remake was fine but callisto protocol jedi fallen order i don't know if that's jedi fallen order's problem but it's a lot of games have that problem they don't preload their shader caches properly interesting yeah. One one theory on how to fix it is that they literally load in the level and they show everything, every asset that's in the game before the game actually starts up and it builds the shader cache that way. Yeah, no, look, we're getting complicated now. Yeah, okay. All right. Yeah. 
Um. Then what? Then then what does? <laughs> well. And then. And then. And then I think I don't know. I think we're getting to about 2010, about now. Yeah. Um, and I fully transitioned into Battlefield. That is what I lived for. I played every day. Battlefield replaced. Did it replace WoW, or did somehow did they somehow coincide? I I think that's when I about stopped playing WoW because I played WoW, Burning Crusade, the expansion. Yeah, and, and then, then you just played North Shore Canals. For 24 uh, hours a day. Much, yes. Yeah. North Shore Canals was so good. <laughs> I, so, um, after the, the, I did get really heavily into PlayStation 3, and that's when I started really looking up video game reviews and stuff like that. And, uh, uh, like, I started getting into YouTube video game reviews, and that's how I learned about Dark Souls for the first time. Um, so I started getting into games like Dark Souls. I played Dead Space because now I was out of home. I could play horror games, bro. What a what a game changer that was! Suddenly, like not living um with my conservative family, I could suddenly play these incredibly violent games. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it's a good thing or not, but it felt good at the time. Um, yeah, and I. <sighs> Where was I going with this? Playing horror games. Well, yeah, I played a lot of horror games. So anyways, uh, we've talked a lot about, you know, a, a lot of the games and, and memories that we had growing up in, in the hobby. But uh, let's move on to what we're currently playing now. Do you want me to go first or what, what, what are you oh, guys baby, playing? you go first. All right. I'm, pl- I'm playing a few games. Uh, so recently this weekend... I finished Bolt Gun, Warhammer Bolt Gun. Have you heard of that one? I've seen you play it, so it's cheating, but yes. I've <laughs> definitely heard of it. <laughs> yeah, so it's a boomer shooter. Uh, it very much mimics the the Doom formula, but it feels perfect for Warhammer. You ever play Warhammer? Uh, okay, a lot of Warhammer games are garbage, but you ever play one where you're trying to be a space marine and it just... It doesn't feel how you imagine it. Well, boomer shooters are perfect for it because how does a space marine uh, like it? It carries the weight of what a space marine like would sound like, but you don't move slowly because you know these space marines are supposed to be super soldiers. They're supposed to be really agile. So boomer shooters are perfect. Have you ever? Do you, have you ever imagined what Volkite calibers? Are like no. do you, do you remember? Well, you don't. But Pez, do you have you experienced Volkite on the tabletop? Um, yes, it's horrible to have it coming at you. Yeah. So when you use a Volkite caliber in this game, Nurglings just pop. Like it's just a it's a beam weapon, and as soon as it touches a Nurgling, it instantly explodes. I'm just waving the thing around like a lightsaber, and Nurglings are just exploding everywhere. It's so good. That's beautiful. Yeah, it's such a good experience. I think if if you were like if you're not playing Space Marine Two this year, you should try Balkan. It, it it definitely is a. It's made purposely to look like it, it. It's pixelated. It's made to look like an older game. Um, but it definitely has a lot of the uh a lot of the 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 features of new games. Anyone else have, have a new game? I am playing Tears of the Kingdom. 
Tears of the Kingdom. We've all heard like really good things about that. What's it like? It is. It, it's a fantastic game. Um, I enjoy creating games. Uh, like, I mean, I was never a huge Minecraft person, but the little bit I did play of Minecraft, I enjoyed. It's just there's so much you can do and so much room for creativity that I I haven't felt like it's got old yet. And I've like I'm about 140 hours into it. I haven't even done half of the side quests. Um, that's just like tons of exploring and what's, know, it's what's, keeping me hooked. What's the creation side of it? Because so remember, you've got to remember, I'm not a Nintendo Andy, so I True. never played a Zelda game. I always um, thought of like Zelda is the guy in the green pajamas, right? Oh man! <laughs> <laughs> no, I know, I know, I know it's Link. <laughs> I know it's Link. But honestly, for a long time, I thought Zelda was the guy in the green pajamas, the elf in the green pajamas. And I saw it, and I was like, I'm not interested in playing as an elf in pajamas. The legend of the pajama elf. <laughs> yeah. So I, I, I know that like it sounds like I'm. I know that it's really well loved and people really love the franchise. I, I, I'm not trying to insult you, but I don't know anything about it. No, no, that's fine. So, so I, actually, my first, the first uh, Legend of Zelda game I properly invested time into was the Nintendo 64 one, but it was only when it came out on the Nintendo 3DS. So in the last 10 years or so. Okay. What's it called? Um, I, I've, that one was Ocarina of Time. Oh yeah, probably yeah. The I've most heard that well one. Known. Yeah, yeah. Um, that that was my first Zelda game. So I've not been a Zelda Andy for all of the years since they were released or anything. Um, but I I enjoyed the way that played and have played a couple since then. Breath of the Wild was the first one that came out on Switch, and that was a. I feel like it was a revolutionary game. It, it was, was. It's very similar to Skyrim, I guess, in the exploration sense. Um, it definitely changed how people view open world games, and let's yeah. let's let's not pretend that Breath of the Wild is not the base in which Elden Ring is is made off of. Yeah, well, that's and I was just thinking the same thing. I was like, I I haven't played another game personally. I'm sure there are more out there that doesn't give you as much direction as those two don't give. So, yes, I mean, I've played it, both Breath of the Wild and Elden Ring, and yeah, you're right. They're like they're they're not guiding you to do stuff other than, hey, this is where you need to go, and then you sort of have to find it yourself. I think Legend Legend of Zelda games have markers on quests that you can set, and so you can see like a general area a lot of the time. But like I'm doing quests at the moment, side quests where it's just like this happens at a specific time at a specific place. I'm not going to tell you where that is, and the the waypoint stays on the person who told you instead of guiding you where to go. You just kind of have to figure it out based on what they've told you. It's kind of a mixture of a, a new idea, but also how old games didn't tell you. Like they gave you, they told you where it was, but they didn't tell you where to go. Oh yeah, yeah, true. Like WoW, actually, WoW did that at the start. Like a lot of the early quests in WoW just told you where to go, and you had to go find it. Like there was no marker on the map or anything. Yeah. Um. But but um yeah the like the creation aspect of it uh is something new that came out in Tears of the Kingdom. Okay, yeah, I was and, just about to ask that. Yeah, it's an ability you get where you can pretty much combine anything lying around in the world with other things lying around in the world up to I believe 
21 pieces of things joined together, but they've also introduced stuff like um, you can pick up or find cannons like flamethrowers, ice throwers, uh, rockets, fans, steering columns to help like you can build a ship or something and then put a steering column on it and it will let you like drive it around. I've um, seen videos of people that, that have made mechs. Yeah, it like the like I said the, the the room for creativity is very open. Like you can do a lot and you're pretty much only limited to either what you can find around you or how you think. Yeah, okay. That that sounds really awesome. So it's the same base of Bre- uh, as Breath of the Wild where you have an overall objective and there's things that you can do in the world that will help you do your overall objective, but technically you could just go straight to it and and do it. Yeah, uh, and I mean, the it's other the thing same. That's it's the same. Same kind of base idea in in open world gaming, but now they've added a layer where you can create things. Is that yeah. right? And it's this. It's the yes. That's pretty much it. Um, they've also added so it Breath of the Wild was the ground level. Um, they've also added an underground, which is the, uh, uh, it's basically the ground level flipped. Um, so it's another entire map underneath the map and also a sky yeah. level, which is about half of the map. Oh, so of Elden Ring copied Breath of the Wild and then Tears of the Kingdom copied Elden Ring. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> what is the, um, what's the city underneath? Um, city of, it starts with an N in Elden Ring. Oh, is it an N or an M? No, an N. N for Nelly Furtado. Mm, can't remember. I just remember going down there and being like, this is really difficult and I'm not going to bother doing this optional boss. Do you remember, yeah, the first time in Elden Ring you go under the world and you're like, oh, yeah, so this will be a small area and it just keeps yep. freaking going? And you're like, yep. there is no way. There's <laughs> the, the map in that, so... um. Even if it's not technically the biggest map in a game, it feels bigger than it actually is. Yeah, and I don't think you could call your horse underground, can you? Oh yeah, no, you can. You can depending on the area. Oh, okay. Yeah, just depends. Yeah, I kept yeah. forgetting I had a horse. I ran most of Elden Ring. I can't believe you forgot about Torrent. Anyways, uh, Pez, what are you playing? Oh look, I don't want to talk about it, but <laughs> why are you on this podcast then? <laughs> <laughs> no, because it's so mainstream and lame, dude. No, dude, we're not. We're not. Um, I don't. We don't judge. I don't drink coffee in in polished concrete cafes. Oh like, wow! I don't drink coffee in 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 um cafes with polished concrete floors. It's okay. Yeah, tell us your mainstream game. <laughs> no, look. Um, so currently, recently, obviously, I'm playing Diablo Four. Wow, I can't believe you're playing. Oh, I can't believe you're playing. Oh. Such a shit game, hey. Did you see how it got review bombed? Wait, did it really? It did, yeah. I'll I'll I'll, I'll read you some of them. Um but yeah, so like I, but I want to know because like I do think that Diablo 4 is a decent game. Tell tell us about yeah. it. So uh, coming into it, my decision was, look, the game is $110, which is so expensive, but I've played Diablo 3. I have like seven max level characters. I loved it. Diablo 4, you know, really good marketing. All the reviews are very positive that I've seen. And I'm loving it so far. The story is great. Gameplay is great. Okay, so the important question. I played the beta of it. What class are you and uh, what level are you at? Um, So I'm a rogue and I'm about level 38. Okay, yeah. 
Oh, uh, yeah. So I played a Necromancer um, up to level 25 and a Druid in the beta. Now, obviously, they've, they've, they've changed the balance and it's different once you get past that level. But my experience with early game, Necromancer was so much fun. It was a little bit broken, perhaps, how you could just be a mist of blood and nothing could kill you. But it was so much fun. Diablo was another game that my parents wouldn't let me play because, mm. you know, it has the devil in it. For obvious reasons. Yeah, yes. yeah. Lords yeah. of hell. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you're killing them. So it's a Christian game. Exactly. It's yeah. It's heaven versus hell and you just want heaven to win. So that's and it. then I tried to play a druid and that's the worst action RPG I've ever played in my life. Like a completely different game. Um, but I do know that it's it's partially because the druids balance sucked and they've they've hopefully fixed that but po- the other part of it is that the early game bosses hate melee builds i know with rogue though you can you do have ranged abilities so it's it's probably a lot better yeah like i, I converted my rogue into range so that's what i play yeah so you did it naturally even even without knowing that because it sucks when the boss makes a a pool of poison and just stands in the pool of poison and you're like, okay, I guess I'll I'll wait for you. I'll just die now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'll just die. <laughs> but I I do think um, Diablo Four feels great to play. It does, and the story is fairly well told. There's nice cutscenes. It's decent. Uh, I'm 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 a little bit concerned with like the battle passes and cosmetic shops on top of a premium price game. Like, on top of all of that, I know it has seasons, but I'm just very cautious. I've been stung by Overwatch. I've been stung by Blizzard. I don't trust them. Yep. That's how I feel at the moment. No, the fact that there is a battle pass and microtransactions in the game is a bit sus. But as long as you're enjoying it, mate, that's what matters. But so far, it's it's not pay to win as far as I can see. So that's okay. Yeah. Well, there's no PvP, is there? No, there is. Yeah. Okay. But PvP in Diablo, I don't know how seriously people take that. It's not it's not a game that can be balanced for PvP, if that makes sense. Yeah, like I would never play the game for the PvP. That's just the, irrelevant. The stats get so ridiculous. Like um for example, I know Avender is hitting my my brother. He's he's hitting mobs for like 7 million damage. I don't think any players have 7 million health. No, the, they wouldn't. The The numbers and the stats, and there's there's so much variation in what can happen that I don't think you can ever balance it. There's too many too many cogs with levers, too many buttons. Yep, uninstall the game. No, I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying, <laughs> like, it's good that it has it. It's just... No, no, too late. I've uninstalled. Okay. <laughs> Well, I'm currently still so I'll um I've got a few games that I'm playing so I'll, I'll go with the next one. I'm also play. I also finished uh Evil West. Have any of you heard of that one? Nope. Uh, only from you saying you were going to play it. <laughs> okay. There's a trend going here. Uh, <laughs> so in Evil West, you play as a a cowboy hunting vampires in in a western. Yeah, but it plays kind of like um, a budget God of War 2018. Okay. Yeah. 
so you have your melee combos. You also have pistols, and you you get you get um, you get like dynamite sticks and crossbows and stuff as you go through the game, and you you earn those. But and you you earn um the ability to extend your combos and and do different finishes and stuff. But it's it's very much a double A game, and it very much feels like a PlayStation Three game made in twenty twenty three. For example, you go through the level, and it looks beautiful. There's bloom everywhere. Remember in in PlayStation Three, are they like they figured out how that bloom was cool, and they just did it in every game. <laughs> um, and now it's like it's motion blur. They're trying to turn like every game has motion blur on, and you're trying to turn it off. Every game back then had bloom, and you're trying to turn it down. Uh, this game has a lot of bloom, but you also when you're going through a level, there's only an A to B route. There might be puzzles, but you can't, or, or like there's a cliff edge, but the, you can't go over any cliff edges. And anytime you need to jump a gap, it's a prompt. So there's no, um, you your character can't jump. You're a Jesse, the root and tune cowboy that doesn't know how to jump. Yeah, right. Uh, so like going through the levels is pretty boring. And then, but, but still pretty and then you'll get to an arena and all these vampires will spawn and you beat the shit out of them and that's how you get your health back and then once you've beaten the shit out of all of them then you can proceed through the level so very simple it's a very simple design i think that the bosses repeat a little too much like i think the game is too long the the cutscenes are really good but the story isn't good enough for the cuts, the quality of the cutscenes, if that makes sense, like yeah. the quality of the cutscenes outshines the quality of the story. Um, it's very kind of, um, it's not bad. It's just not great. Uh, but it is fairly well voice acted, and the cutscenes are pretty good. And then you run out. They run out of bosses about halfway through, so they make the bosses mobs that you have to fight. But That's they don't lower their health. And then the way that the difficulty keeps increasing. So you have all these extra levels to accommodate the story and cutscene and cutscenes that you you don't you're not really invested in. And then it's uh it's oh, so you, you fought the vampire boss and the flying leech boss. Now fight them together. And then the next level it's how about the leech boss the vampire boss and the spider boss together and so on and yeah. so forth until you get to the end. There are a few unique bosses that are really cool. It's generally a fun game. I recommend it on sale. Like if you feel like just fighting, playing kind of a, a God of War game and it's on sale, I'd recommend it for that. It also does have co-op, which is, it, that was totally unexpected, but yeah. Yeah, I feel like co-ops are um, something that's, I, don't, I wouldn't say it's missing from, a lot of games because some games just don't lend themselves well to co-op but it's something that i wish more games had like more single player games had a good ability to join someone else to play with you well space marine 2 you can you can play three players three three player co-op i think oh, wow. I, I miss um couch co-op on console games personally yeah a, a lot of the time Anyways, uh, who is, is anyone else playing anything? Um, listen, I'm just a filthy casual, nice. so I I dip. I love dipping around between 
you know, Overwatch, World yeah, so of Warships. You don't have to apologize for being casual. Yeah, like, <laughs> I, I don't know. Since the younger MMO days, I can't sit in a game for too long. Like, to me, a good day is playing three or four different games that I enjoy. Bro, yeah. So I think you, you think that we're somehow different and we're we're not. Because yeah, no, I know. the games that I'm listing are five games that I've been playing little bits at a time. I'm definitely different. I'm definitely a um, tunnel focus one thing at a time person. Yeah. So you're only playing Tears of the Kingdom at the moment. Yeah. I, um, I've turned my PS5 on and I've turned my PC on and gone to play different games. And it usually ends up in me turning them off and then either playing Tears of the Kingdom or watching one of my favorite streamers. Live average gamer. <laughs> yes, 100%. I can't, be- I can't believe you watched that loser. All right, so I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna rattle through um, the other games I'm playing at the moment. Um, I'm still playing Elden Ring. Um, the I didn't look up any guides. I refuse to look up guides. I don't play it on stream because people were giving me too much advice, and I don't enjoy it. Um, okay. The idea that I i'm going with here is i want to try and finish the game under level 100 and i know people have done better than that but that's my goal personally i want to finish it under level 100 and i'm not using any shields i'm not using any magic i just have my two giant flopping scimitars and i roll (laughs) around that's it that's 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 the tweet so i'll probably play and i'll kill like two bosses and then I'll I'll be like okay now I need to recover because sometimes a boss fight can uh, the last boss I, I fought would kill me in two hits but two hits was one second because of how how fast it swings its its scythe it was um the godskin apostle Ugh. so I had to learn the, that the solo fight. one or the duo the solo one I know there's a duo one coming because oh I, sorry yeah I didn't yeah mean to no 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 it. I've seen I've like it. Okay, I haven't looked up any guides or anything, but I also do exist on the internet. So like, some, some things are unavoidable. Yeah. And then, um, so I'm playing that. I'm, I'm loving it as my, like, uh, what I play by myself game. I might come back um, near the end of it and, and stream it, but yeah, that's neither here nor there. I'm also playing the System Shock remake. I never got to play System Shock back in the day, but System Shock is the game that birthed the idea of the immersive sim for Bioshock, which everyone loves. Um, I mean, how many of you guys played? Did you play Bioshock? Yeah, I played uh, one and two. I loved them. Yeah. I haven't played either anything of those. Oh. Did you play Infinite? No. Okay, that's I fine. Did, I I'm a little bit through Infinite. I never actually finished it, and I I uh, started downloading it again the other night on PC because I was like, I should finish this game. Infinite was has a great ending. I think it's um, the most sure of them all. I don't know. It's it's hard. Okay. It's hard for me because I played Bioshock One and Two recently, and I know that Bioshock One is everyone's favorite, but I kind of jived with Bioshock Two more. Low key. Don't tell anyone. Um, but yeah, I'm playing the System Shock remake right now, and I played it for four hours, and I haven't gotten out of the... I didn't get out of the medical bay for four hours, <laughs> because 
it was a game made in the 90s and the remake is so faithful. It looks beautiful by the way. It it um it still looks like the old game in a in a way. Like if you go close up to things, they kind of look pixelated and it looks like an old game in that sense, but graphically um uh, like it uh from it still looks beautiful and it looks 2023 if that makes sense. But you can yeah, also tell job. that you can also tell that it's a remake of an old game. Both are true yeah. at the same time. Um, but it's still it's so faithful in its remake that it doesn't tell you a flopping thing. And I didn't realize that I had to press this button that is exactly the same button as a light switch. It looks exactly like a light switch, and I passed it like seventeen times, not pressing it because I thought it was a light switch. And do you know what it does? It extends a bridge. It extends wow. a bridge so I can get out of medical. I was so mad at myself. I felt so dumb. I was being defeated. I was being dominated by this Peggy 13 game. It's a bit, whatever rating it had. Um, but I'm loving... I, I do enjoy Immersive Sims. Um, and I, I like that one as well. I It's a it's a little bit of a pity because it co- it's coming out at a time under the shadow of things like Final Fantasy 16. And then the, yeah. the the last game I will mention that I have been playing is Amnesia the Bunker. Um, and that was excellent. Also kind of like an immersive sim in a way where you're you're a World War One soldier and you are stuck in this this bunker with a monster that is stalking you and everyone else is dead. And you don't have very much ammo. You can kind of fight back, but it's not very effective. And you need to try and keep the lights on in the bunker to like deter the monster, but the lights use fuel. And you know what else uses fuel? Molotov cocktails to defend yourself. So you can make, you have to make a lot of choices. It's kind of like um, Alien Isolation a, a little bit in that every playthrough of it, it's not a, like the bunker isn't very big, but it takes you a while to learn the locations of the bunker and the codes and traps are in different places each time. I thought that the story was also fairly good as well. Um, you have to learn that all through notes that you pick up, though. But it's, it's a fairly fairly good story. I th- thought it was a very good horror game. All in all. It was an amazing game to stream. I love that. You have this... Um, so you have this dynamo light that you have to tug. Yeah. But if you do more than two tugs, mm-hmm. it makes noise and it attracts the monster. I didn't know that. I was just tugging at it furiously and then just wondering why the monster kept... Um, no, I knew that the, the, that was causing the monster to attack, but I didn't know that you could... Um, I didn't know that you only needed two, two tugs. I thought you needed yeah. at least three. Yeah, three's too much. Yeah, You just have to tug softly. That's the main thing. Yeah, there's no, there's, it's, what do you mean? The tug <laughs> button is F. Yeah, <laughs> but, that makes sense. Oh dear. Yeah. So I, um, I thought that that was a really good game. It's a, it's a real pity because I know that I'm the only one here that plays horror games. <laughs> yes. Right now. I enjoyed watching it though. A lot of people do. It's, that's cr- like, that's crazy to me how so many people love watching people experience a horror game, but they don't want to do it themselves. Yeah. Like they don't yeah. like being in that position themselves, but they would, they would love to, they'd want to know what happens in the story. Yeah. Like I can watch someone play it, but 
like ever since I tried to play Fear, I just uninstalled it straight away. I just I couldn't do it. Alma was kind of special. Um but I wanted to say what I wanted to say about Bunker is it's kind of sad that just thinking about game of the year stuff, you'll never see horror games up there because they're not um well, by definition of that niche, they're not popular. But they might be really good games. For example, like maybe maybe Amnesia the Bunker is too too small of a game to be considered um, for Game of the Year. I can kind of get that. But think about something like Resident Evil 4 Remake. Oh, well, then also we're talking about remakes. Should remakes be up for Game of the Year? I think that Resident Evil 4 should probably be in the conversation for Game of the Year. But I know that it will never get it because it's a horror game. That, to me, is is a little sad. Yeah, well, it depends on... Um, how are they determining Game of the Year? Is it by vote or is it a panel? It's both. Okay. To be fair, so- Game of the Year is bullshit. Like, like yeah. you know it, I know it, everybody knows it, but it's fun to talk about, and that's what we're going to talk about right now, because uh, Final Fantasy sixteen just released, and that was Dude. one that people were really hyped for. Uh, yeah. What are your guys' positions on Final Fantasy sixteen? Are you playing it, or not really? Uh, I'm not playing it. I was. I played the demo for an hour or so. Um... And it made me want to play it because I thought it was going to get into open world. Um, after seeing some more gameplay and what it turns into, I think I'm glad I didn't rush to buy it straight away um, because I'm probably just going to enjoy the story watching other people play it. Yeah, all right. So, But you, you would say that it not being open world is a fairly big put-off, right? Um, I, I think not open world games can be very well done and it seems like they've done pretty well with this story but as someone who's not been a final fantasy fan not in the sense of not liking them but i've just never actually got into them and i've never played them and gone oh yeah this is my new favorite franchise or anything yeah so Um, the price of admission is too high for you like it's asking you to be invested in a game that you've a franchise that you've never been invested into and it's also the kind of it's not open world which is kind of like another thing that you that adds to that cost yeah that, and for me right? it, it's got it's got um horizon acting for me honestly well, what does so that it, mean it's not like well you know like aloy in horizon is uh, she annoys me yeah she annoys me as a character um i I don't want to disrespect the people who act in games because I know it must be. Well, they they do what they're directed to talk to to do. So it's exactly. So they're doing what they're directed, and it's it's um like they wouldn't be filming everything in order or um, recording rather everything in order. So it would be hard for them to piece together as a voice actor a character based on how they're recording. I guess. Aloy being I, annoying I, was a collaborative effort. Yes. So no one person is responsible, but as someone has to be responsible in the end, and that's that's Guerrilla Games, Guerrilla. Yeah, I I I actually think it's more about the um the animation, not so much matching the scenario, and potentially the voice actor is shown the animation and they're acting how it's looking, 
and oh, not we're... how the character is supposed to be reacting. We're t- talking about totally different things. What bothered me about Aloy was that she would comment on everything that happened and suggest and su- suggest where to go and like how to finish puzzles and stuff like that. Like, hmm, we should go to the oh, yeah. left because that's where the mission is. And then if you try and go yeah. right, you're like, I think we need to go to the left. The the su- constant suggestions is what bothered me. Yeah, I think yeah, that also. I I don't think that made a huge difference for me. Like I'm not, I didn't find that I was being like, oh, stop telling me where to go. But I think the general cheesiness of the the voice the lines okay so yeah so you're you're you're, i didn't notice that standing out because i was already annoyed you're finding final fantasy 16 to be um a little bit cheesy in delivery i like that's that's fine i like i get i get that um especially like you walk into a a town and everyone is kind of it's it's weird because some of the topics are really dark but then you also have these people that are like Oh, bless Martha and like how good she is to me. I don't know how I'd ever live without her. She's such a wonderful person. And it almost sounds like an induction into a cult. Like yeah. that's how kind of like um cheerful or or like uh positive it, it comes across. I think Final Fantasy is a lot of the the lines are delivered. A lot of the characters are very positive. Um they have very a very positive way of delivering their lines that kind of sometimes seems unrealistic. Yeah. Is is that what we're are we is that what we're getting at? Yes. Okay. Yes. Hundred percent. Um there was another game that did it for me recently too. I, I can't remember what it was, but that's for that reason alone I would say that would be that takes Final Fantasy sixteen out of it for me. Wow. Out of the running for um game of the year. Alright. How did you how did you feel about it, Pez? You know anything or Well mate, look, we all know. You didn't you don't know anything. Look, I think from outside it looks like a good game. It but from outside it looks amazing and it is an amazing game. I want to I want to stress that because I am playing it and it is an amazing game. But get, carry on. Yeah, but even though I've played Final Fantasy 14 and like I love that and I've never played any other Final Fantasy game just because it doesn't appeal to me basically like i there's other things i want to do rather than play that no matter how good the reviews might be yeah fair enough yeah so So i'm i i purposely bought a ps5 to play this game Um, wow yeah yeah my (laughs) so i owe my wife a lot (laughs) right now (laughs) i i'm really enjoying final fantasy 16 it cost me over a thousand dollars um (laughs) (laughs) sunk cost fallacy kicks in i will say though that i think that um it's also getting review bombed i'm thinking every popular game is getting review bombed but uh so a lot of people are mad that it's not exactly it's not turn-based or it's not uh quote unquote jrpg enough but i do want to say that i've been playing it for a while i'm not i'm not very far into it but my experience so far has been it's not beyond critique. Like there are definitely things that I, I like. I think they could do better here, but it is also very good. And I think the the storytelling and how much I care about the characters 
this is something that 16 has done where 7 and 8 failed for me as a child. As I am right now, even the lady that goes around stabbing everyone, I feel bad for her when bad things happen because I know enough about her her story. Like, it, it, the game gets you to connect with characters very quickly and care about them. And you want to know what happens to them. I think it does that the best out of out of um probably any game that's released this year but i do find that the i did find that the beginning of the game was kind of um a bit it took a long time to 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 get um to get rolling there's a lot of cutscenes and the cutscenes often are not useful cutscenes so for example you'll be walking around you'll walk 5 meters and It'll take control away from you and show you some rocks falling down a, a hill. The rocks aren't going to fall on top of you. They're just falling down the hill. And then it'll go back to you and you'll keep walking. Now, the rocks didn't do anything to your character. They didn't. It was completely unnecessary. The rocks could have just fallen down the hill while you were walking because they fell far enough away that it dis- doesn't affect the game at all. But it wants to show you that, and I don't know if they know why they're doing that, but there's a lot of those. Like, it happens really often. Another criticism I can think of is that the side quests are kind of... You're like the savior of the world, but also you're a part-time waiter in every bar in every town. Which is like a criticism that a lot of people made about a lot of games. And also, objectively, when you're looking at it, you know, you've gone down from a lot of Final Fantasies being a party of four people or um, with like very high strategy and now you're one guy and it and there's no open world it's very linear a lot of people are actually the, the lot of negative reviews compare it to Final Fantasy 13 in this way it's extremely linear it has this illusion of being an open world but it definitely isn't um, but that said the story is that good I care about the characters so much and the action combat once it gets going there's a lot of Final Fantasy 14 DNA in it obviously the same guy that made 14 made this one the same writer that um I think they wrote Endwalkers wrote this one there's a lot of Final Fantasy 14 in it and you'll you'll realize it immediately once you start playing it even though it's a completely different style of game even though it's an action game and Final Fantasy is a tab targeted uh mmo with a two second uh cooldown global cooldown there's a lot of things that you'll pick up and you'll notice it's like oh yeah this is this is a a final fantasy 14 idea the action uh, combat is really good once it gets going it's really fun it's not challenging it's not hard it's just enjoyable to play and you'll want to try and get better and better combos i think that's what what i like about it more also flashing colors pretty lights it's pretty much it yeah that that sells me that last part yeah flashing colors pretty lights so i think that final fantasy 16 is really good i'm loving it so far i can't wait to get back into it but i'm kind of more confident now than before it released that it that i think i'm i think i'm going to give it to tears of the kingdom i think if tears of the kingdom is going to get game of the year yeah, I think uh, if Starfield is as good as it looks like it's going to be, I think Starfield will take it from Tears of the Kingdom. Yeah, I, I'm banking on... So, like, my prediction is banking on 
Bethesda doing Bethesda things. Because the the I, last the last um showcase for Starfield was way better than the other ones, right? It was so good. Yeah. But I also don't trust them to deliver that. Yeah, I think it, mm, it it's interesting for me. I've never really followed a game closely from Bethesda other than Fallout 76 and that was kind of a that was kind of a flop for them. Yes. Like I enjoyed it when it released. Um and Bethesda games are known for being a buggy mess when they launch, but I can honestly say even with Fallout 76 that I've never played a Bethesda game that I didn't enjoy the story of. Yeah, so that's that's but that's also my point is that the bugginess at the beginning even if they fix it doesn't help you get game of the year. Yeah. So, because there's also recency bias. So if your game releases and it's a buggy mess when they're deciding who, what gets game of the year, that's how it gets graded. That's what I'm I'm oh, relying yeah. on. Well, when do the other question is when does game of the year cut off? Because I'm pretty sure it's not December or January to December, right? It's like no. the middle of the year somewhere. Let me look it up. Because um, there's a chance that being released in September, they're giving themselves a chance for it to have a year to recover from its buggy mess to become the good game that it's supposed to be. I mean, this is talking just purely speculative on them uh, their past releases, but um, it looks like they've potentially used a new engine as well for this. Um, no, they haven't. No, they're using okay. the same garbage engine that they keep using rubbish yeah um it's not uh, it's not a garbage okay it's not a totally garbage engine because i think it's probably easier for modding or something but it's it it has a lot of known issues that have not been fixed an engine that i'm really impressed with is i doubt it the the, one of the reasons why they can't do um flying into from so you remember the 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 star wars outlaws trailer how you flew from yep. a planet into space, assuming that works. That was what Starfield was supposed to do, but their engine can't do it because it, it doesn't handle loading a lot of assets very quickly. So other engines can do it, but theirs can't. Um, give me a... I'm trying to look up Game of the Year awards, like when it runs. Um, they did it like December 16th. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, yeah, it'll have a few months. Wish, wish them... I wish them no luck because I want... So I want to be right. I'm more concerned with being right than <laughs> no. I actually wow. I do want Starfield to do well because um I know that Xbox hasn't had very many good many wins recently. Right? You had Redfall, Failfall. You had um what are the other Xbox? That's it. I can't think of Xbox exclusives. Yeah. Um. You have a lot of games on Game Pass. That's that's their thing. You have a lot of games on Game Pass. You just don't get Game of the Year games. <laughs> uh, I'm looking forward to... I know that I don't have to pre-order Starfield because it's going to be on Game Pass. That's true. Do you have Game Pass? I do at the moment. It runs out in the middle of September. Yeah. Um, so I'll probably extend it for Starfield. I don't know if it's a boomer thing, but it terrifies me the idea of um, having a library of games that can be taken away from me. Yeah. Beyond... Um, like outside of my control, which is one of the reasons why I I don't um, I haven't invested in that. Even though the value is really high. Yeah, I mean, I see it like uh, Netflix. Yeah, and that's what it is. 
I mean, it's exactly what it is. Yeah. yeah, it's like I don't expect to ever have those shows once I've decided that I don't want Netflix again. But I'm like, for the price I'm paying, even if I pay for the next 10 years, like 10 years of games is going to come out less than that anyway. Yeah. All right. So um, I'm thinking Tears of the Kingdom will be game of the year. Caleb, you're, you're Starfield? I, I think it'll be Starfield. I I hope it's Tears of the Kingdom. I think uh, which no you can you can only on Nintendo Switch. You can only pick one. That's how this works. <laughs> okay, I hope it's Tears of the Kingdom. Okay, so two of... two for Tears of the Kingdom. Pez. Yeah. Uh, listen, I don't play any of these two games, but I think it will be Final Fantasy this year. Okay, and one for Final Fantasy. We'll see how we get. And if Diablo Four gets it. I will I will sniff and motorboat a man's dirty use. I'll sniff and motorboat Pez's dirty underwear. Yep. Diablo should not, even though it's great, it should not get it yep. because it's been done so many times before. Quickly before we end, I forgot one game that I am currently playing right now, but it was kind of because I was a bit embarrassed to mention it. It's a game that I play every day. Um, I wish they would sponsor me. It's uh, called, I don't know if you've heard of it. It's called Nikkei Goddess of Victory. <laughs> it's it's a it's a gacha game but i actually look i'm really no one's gonna believe me no one's gonna believe me everyone said that this game would die because it was just pure fan service but i've played the, i'm playing the game i open it every day to get my crystals and 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 um i'm i'm making the world worse by engaging in gacha but I actually like the story in it. I think that the stories are really good and the music is fire. Sometimes I open the game just to listen to the menu music. Uh, so, yeah. But the thing is, you enjoy it. Is it a free game? It is free. I- exactly. And then I see no problem if you enjoy a game and even if you want to put 10 or 20 bucks in, that's fine because you're enjoying that many hours of content. Um, you know what I mean? Like I put in a, a, a 20... here and there to World of Tanks, World of Warships, because I enjoy it. I don't care that they exist, but I do care that it's becoming a part of every game. Like, for example, um, I don't care that battle passes and microtransactions exist. However, the fact that it's starting to show up in my AAA releases is annoying. Does that make sense? I agree with that. Like like the the, the overstacking. but yeah. Anyways, uh, I think that that'll cover us for today. Uh, Pez, Caleb, are any last remarks before we, we sign off? Um, yeah, I just want to shout out to one of my favorite Twitch streamers out there, our Live Average Gamer. It's twitch.tv slash liveaveragegamer. Um, he's a really great guy, and I enjoy watching him stream and yeah, you're not, come you're hang not, out with him. You're not getting a raise, Pez? <laughs> look, absolutely. Um, no, look, it's been fun talking about all this stuff. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing where the game industry goes and what happens okay anyways guys thanks so much for joining us for our first ever uh podcast episode in the beginning with uh i've been rob caleb and pez and we'll see you guys next time bye